And this is something I, I also learned long, long time ago from, from one of the, of the good uh, bosses I had in China. He told me, always make sure that uh, your team in whatever they are specifically um, focused on, they are better than you. Only then you can, you know, propel yourself as a team. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. I hope I find you well and positive today. Hey, you're going to love today. Pete Schaub. Pete reached out to me and we connected immediately. Uh, he has a background in running teams for large global corporates uh, across China, the Near East, and uh, his home uh, country of Switzerland. His mission is to bring back the human factor into the corporate world. And he has a real sort of passion and curiosity for performance in teams, for p people and for change. Um, it's humble, it's heartfelt, and at a time when, you know, corporate life can just drain the passion, the heart and soul out of people, uh, it's still alive and burning in Pete. So it's a refreshing conversation about how we can build teams within a corporate environment and get the best out of those teams. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. It's a great privilege. Uh, to have Peter here, Peter Schraub. Peter reached out to me on LinkedIn as part of my book launch process. And you know, when somebody connects with you and there is such depth in their writing, there's such passion and energy behind the words that they sort of tap out into the keyboard or the, the screen of their phone. Well, Peter came across that way and I said, I need to get you having this conversation with me, not via LinkedIn Messenger, but a LinkedIn message, but uh, in person. So Peter is, um, he, he, he leads, his mission really is to bring back the human factor into, into the corporate world and into people in general to, to lead leaders with his curiosity and his passion to an abundant and fulfilled life. Now, I know that some of you, the skeptics listening to me right now, will be thinking, yeah, yes, we've heard all that said before, but just in the few minutes that I've had the privilege of chatting with Peter, um, this guy's the real deal. He has survived. You'll hear about his career in a minute, but he has survived a career in corporate and still has a heart and still has a passion and still has a curiosity. Pete, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so let's let's sort of share a little bit um, about your career background because you've worked in many different countries. You've worked for large corporates. You've built teams. So share with us uh, your background. Yes, thank you. Well, originally I started as a mechanical engineer. Now, going even further back as a toolmaker, I wow. started in the factory. And then uh, my my first uh, job after graduating as a precision mechanical engineer was in a traditional Swiss mid-size company as an application engineer in the field of radio frequency components and connectivity solutions. 
And basically from the first moment on, I was in technical sales. Yeah, okay. So I was explaining people, customers about um, yeah, what are the new products and what are the difficulties? How can we solve your problems basically? Yeah, so as an engineer, you know, you have always this mind, how can I solve your problem? So uh, that's what I did. I took over a couple of countries uh, in, in uh, Europe uh, where I had the first exposure with the UK. Um, with a uh, key account Motorola. Okay, and yeah. Then later on, the, um, the organization got a restructuring, so we started uh, to focus on key accounts. So then basically, I was um, in charge of Motorola globally. So I had a lot of traveling already at young age to the US, to the headquarters in Schomburg, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, but also in Israel and UK. And then later on, um, I was asked to build up uh, the application engineering team in China. So then I moved to China in 2001. And uh, it was a real amazing, amazing experience. You know, that was just the beginning of, you sure. know, the, the, the rise the rising star of China and, yeah, yeah. Uh, because everything moved from Hong Kong to Shenzhen, you know, the first uh, free economic trading zone and then up to Shanghai where most uh, companies in the early stage got, um, got established. Anyway, in short, um, yeah, I built up the team. I had a great experience, you know, interacting, engaging with uh, local Chinese colleagues. Sometimes, of course, the, the communication was not always easy. But uh, what I have learned in early uh, years is uh, you have to be patient and you have to be, you have to be flexible when you live abroad. You know, whether it's you know, find your way around things, you know, in private, but also in business. So then um, I made a switch. I changed to, to construction business. I set up the business unit um, for uh, another Swiss company, quite famous Swiss company in the sanitary uh, and piping field. So um, that was basically a mission of six years in China, mainly out of Shanghai. And then um, I moved back, basically back and forth Switzerland. I had another assignment as a as a, a sales manager for the russian market and its neighboring countries but then uh, i i during the crisis in 2009 i was even asked back by the by my previous employer to join uh, the team in india to set up uh, the piping department and that's what i did for two and a half years and that was the most uh I would say beautiful and um, life enriching experience I had to live and work in India. It's the toughest, I can all tell you. It's not a piece of cake. It needs a lot, a lot of energy <laughs> to say so. But uh, it was, it was really fantastic, you know. And there I learned basically to use not only what you learned, you know, and, 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 and your mind, but also your emotions, yeah, with, with, your, with your teams. Because uh, Indians are, are very emotional people. So you basically have to also, you have to respond emotionally. 
Yeah, yeah. that was that was either with uh, with colleagues, but also sometimes on the construction side, while having a uh, making a deal, you know, contract negotiations. That was sometimes very very emotionally, but I loved it. And there, I really I think I found found uh, my. Yeah, my, my gift, my talent that, that you have to express yourself emotionally and you have you have to bring in the emotional factor into leading. I mean, there was are... That hundreds... stre- was that a stretch for you or is that just finally you find yourself in a playground where you were a good fit naturally? It was basically a, just a, a good fit, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always um, emotionally... That's what my parents told me at a young age, you know, as a child, you know, I was very emotional sometimes in certain situations. But um, really um, what I also figured out, especially in India, dealing with uh, the, the executive board members, they were just not really engaged in what's happening uh, on, on the ground in India. Because, you know, to set up a new business in India is not a piece of cake. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of time because the the, the the clock in India ticks differently than the rest of the world. So um, when you want to establish a business like in India, you have to give yourself at least three to five years. Yeah. If you oh. don't have if you don't have this breath, then just forget India. Yeah. No, because uh, you know the the the, the wheels are moving differently but you you mentioned it was um, the most sort of life enriching experience so is there a little story you could tell that was that would epitomize what it gave you in terms of life enrichment in both you know personally and in terms of who you are as a leader or in your career yeah and personally i think it was the daily the daily communication with the people you know i mean you live kind of in a in a in a bubble which is still not a bubble, you know, because you get picked up in the morning with, by your driver and uh, you start to communicate with your driver. Yeah. And what I uh, unfortunately always um, observed while living in China or in India, you know, um, people treat drivers as drivers and not as humans. So I was already engaged in the morning with the driver and we chatted, you know, how was your evening and how is your family and what is your plan for the weekend? You know, so so this already enriched me. And in business, uh, it was definitely my team um, after or the, the time announced that I'm going back to Switzerland. I experienced tears on, yeah. on, the, on the faces of my employees. So yeah, you, was... you you talked about uh, emotion in and in business and emotion in leading in teams and developing teams. You also mentioned before we started to record vulnerability. So I'd just like you to share what why is emotion? Why is it vulnerability? Why is it important in the the role of a leader? And why is it important in building trust within teams? Yeah, you mentioned the word. One is trust. Yeah, how do you, how do you build trust? Uh, I think you can only build trust when you know who you are. Yeah, I think this is this is a journey for every manager, every leader, which he should pursue first. You know, who am I? You know, and where am I going? And by by knowing who you are, 
you can then start really to to express yourself as who you are and that brings automatically in the emotions and also the vulnerability you know i mean you don't have to pretend always to be i mean there are different different uh, opinions about this topic but my experience you know working in india in china and in egypt and even in the us and europe showed me that when you really show that okay today is not such a good day you know of course we have our mission we have uh, to bring full performance in every day yeah we have to operate uh, at our highest levels but still I'm allowed to share my feelings, you know, when I say, okay, you know, uh, my, my kids, you know, they, they, they really um, made me angry yesterday. And, uh, you know, I had a deep conversation with my daughter. So, um, you know, it, it also occupies my thoughts. So why the heck should I not be allowed to share this with my team? Yeah. So that makes you a human, right? And not a machine who is working, you know, just according a certain program in the corporate. I, I've got a, a grin from ear to hear, Pete, because um, what you often see, particularly in corporate, more though more than in small businesses, is people put a mask on or a cloak on, and and that cloak or mask is that shows up as um, this is who I believe I need to be in order to succeed in 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 corporate to climb the the, the, the promotional ladder, and there is a marked disconnect between the real, beautiful, heartfelt, passionate, vulnerable, flawed human being that's behind that mask or behind that cloak. And one of the things when I've been facilitating groups in, in the corporate setting is um, I, I do an exercise called, you know, pulling back the corporate cloak and it's not about them flashing or anything like that. It's just about let's find out something about you. What, what makes, what's your hobby? What's your passion? What makes you tick outside of work? What's something that people would not know about you? So you might find that they were a national taekwondo champion or the fact that they had this uh, uh, hobby or interest in a particular type of cuisine or whatever it might be or travel. And you just saw the almost like the cataracts coming off colleagues' eyes around, oh, I had you in this box because that's what you did in the day job. But there's so much richness to who you are as a human being and the relationships just understandably did their natural thing, which was build and deepen. So how did you, how did you avoid, maybe it was India uh, or China where you had to expand your, your, your range of uh, communication, um, um, communication approach, but how did you stop falling into the trap that so many in corporate do, which is behaving as you're supposed to do, become an autonomous, put the cloak on and just becoming a robot like anybody else. How how did you save yourself from that or prevent that happening? It's just playing out myself who I am. Hmm. I, you know, you have strategies which you formulate, then you have a tactical plan which you execute. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we work together as a team, as, as, yeah, beautiful humans. And this <laughs> is, um, this is what I, what I, I was always true to myself. You know, and I also said, you know, um, the big boss said, you know, we have to do this and that because, uh, you know, just the numbers or the figures or the development is not as such. Um, look, 
I stand fully behind you guys and whatever, uh, wherever we end up, you know, I will put my hands in the fire for you because I know what you have done so far and I know how, how engaged you have been and how much you, and how, and also how you performed. Yeah. So I was basically always, um, yeah, in a way lucky, but I think I also have this feeling for who are the right people. Yeah. Of course you must have the right people in your team. Well, Jim Collins in his brilliant book, Good to Great, talks about first get the right people on the bus. And yeah. no, every success in life and in business is down to the team of people that helped create it. And I think one of the distinctions I wanted to get, get across to any listener is we're not talking about as, um, you know, getting a cottage by the sea or joining some kind of hippie commune here. We're just talking about the natural process by which human beings relate, build relationships, work together as a team. You know, we're tribal creatures. We've 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 seen in many cultures have lost that, and we're expecting people to respond as robots. But we've said that they are rich, beautifully flawed, uh, uh, beautifully passionate individuals. And if we're able to engage at that level as just a normal human being, we're going to get so much more respect, so much more of a following, and ultimately a lot more of a, of a productivity and a win-win out of everybody. Yes, uh, as you mentioned. You know, you you really have followers, uh, but I think the next level, what we all all have to look at as managers and leaders, is to to convert followers into leaders. Yeah, mm. everybody, even he thinks he's not a leader, in in a certain type of situation where, for example, uh, a design engineer proposed something in a meeting, you know, and he really, he really stood his uh, opinion and expressed it, you know, with, with, with passion, you know, even with, you could felt, you could feel his love behind that. Yeah. So at this moment, he's a leader. Yeah. yeah and this that. has to be recognized. So our, I think for the for the future, if if the corporations really want to thrive and they want to have a, a sustainable uh, growth, first of all, they have to make sure that the people stay in the company. I mean, this is one of the biggest uh, problems nowadays, you know. And even with, the, especially with the younger generation, they they don't wait for a long time, you know. If they feel, oh, this 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 uh, boss, you know, he is not talkative, he's not even sharing something, uh, there's there's no real communication back and forth. So why the heck shall I stay in this company? What what's what's keeping me? Yeah. So um, yeah, we have to we have to create leaders out of every follower. Definitely. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. 
I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, how to secure scale and succeed in business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. I love that. And irrespective of their role in the hierarchy, there are moments when they're stepping up and being a leader. And I hear the key distinction that you made there was um, when they bring that passion, that enthusiasm, the love for the project, the idea that they're, that they're pitching, that in that moment, they, they're being leaders. Absolutely. And if, if you think about the great orators of history, the great leaders in business, they've moved people. And they move people and the great, the, the, the best movies, you know, Hollywood or Bollywood or wherever, the best movies move people. And we do that with emotion. And we're, um, so we're, we're not saying that we're going to create the therapist couch in every single management meeting. It's just like recognize for the multicolored personalities that we are. And let's, because energy drives stuff. Emotion is energy and it drives things forward yes. in the direction. And that's what we want to be able to harness and channel towards the corporate or, or the business goals and objectives and the purpose of the business. Mm. I think you, you say it correctly. You know, I mean, this, this is such a strong one. You know, the emotions is yeah, energy in motion. Energy in motion. Uh, uh, what, what everyone should realize is you, you, we, are, we are all connected. You know, I recently had once a discussion with a, with an HR guy and, um, they, they were thinking, I'm a spiritual guy, yeah, because I talked about energy and vibrations, you know. But this is physics, you know, and it's all proven. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I mean, this is, oh, yeah. this is now yeah. an interpretation, how you take spirituality, yeah, for some spirituality is religion, for some is it the cosmos, the universe, yeah. And we all know, you you know it, I know it, we are all interconnected. Hey, yeah. And you come to this from a science background. You come from this from an engineering background. Yes. Yeah. And it's so easily dismissed, this subject. And uh, thanks, Pete, because this is the first time, I think, on this podcast, we've started to talk about connectivity and energy and stuff like that. And I don't want people to think I've lost it. I want people to acknowledge that it's just a dimension of who we are and why isn't it? appropriate for us to to talk about it but also to understand and, and, and connect at that level i think so you meant one of the things that you have in absolute abundance as if you were at the, in your 20s at the beginning of your career is such a potent curiosity how have you how have you nurtured that how have you how have you kept that it's my personality i guess you know I always strive for the new thing. I always look, um, okay, what else could be done? What else could be explored? That's why I'm such a, an open person. You know? I mean, uh, I'm interested in the person, in cultures, in technology, in new businesses. You know, I have a, right now, because I'm on this journey of 
of uh, being an entrepreneur. I have so many ideas. I discuss with people about not only, of course, uh, the coaching and consulting, which will be my main focus, but also product-wise. You know, there are some beautiful products and technologies out there which have to be uh, just uh, introduced to people because they do good to people. And my, my ultimate um, objective in this world is, uh, is to help people. Uh, simple, simple as that. I love that. So let's just sit. Let's move it to um, to conversation. To how do you think leadership needs to evolve when we've now got more teams working from home, working remotely, and there's less time that they're actually physically together? What what? How does a, the leader of that team, the team leader or the CEO, what do they need to do different or develop in their leadership approach? You know. I think it's important to keep up a, a very vivid communication on a on a weekly basis and um, share the wins and share the challenges. It's basically not much different from uh, you know sitting in a in a in a meeting room. You just do it via Zoom, but you must have the trust in your teams. And this is what I faced in the corporate world. A lot of these so-called leaders, you know, they just don't have the trust to their people, you know, but that shows me they don't trust themselves because they first have to start from the inside. Well, let's just probe that a minute. So don't trust themselves with what? About the, the, the capability and, and the confidence uh, to really engage and make a team powerful and empowered. I love that. Great answer. You know, and when I, when I, see a business leader, team leader, whatever a level of an organization being highly controlling, controls about a lack of trust. Um, actually, when you do trust, you free up a team, you empower a team to explore their way of doing it and to tap their own potential and, and creativity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I think, uh, you know, great leaders like, um, yeah, but, very successful <laughs> uh, um, entrepreneurs like for example Warren Buffett you know he he basically empowers his team because he know he's not good in that and that so he empowers his team because I have the experts who are much better than me in that yeah so and this is something I, I also learned long long time ago from from one of the of the good uh, bosses I had in China, he told me always make sure that uh, your team in whatever they are specifically um, focused on, they are better than you. Only then you can you know um, propel yourself as a team. And uh, yeah, I, I think you even hear this uh, from sports. You know, trainers, they say, you know, um, I, I, I don't necessarily know everything better than my team, but this, this is the ego of many leaders and managers. They think they know everything better. But this was never my approach, you know. I was always asking for feedback, you know. And what we learned in NLP is, you know, um, if, if you fail in something, you know, failure is feedback, right? Sure. So. Um, so um, that was always my, my my credo. Yeah, I don't I don't claim uh, to be. Uh, nobody's perfect. Yeah, and you always can learn. You can learn from your teammates. 
Yeah. But one of the things that you've had within your career is exposure to some very different cultures to to what many may have been exposed to in their their leadership roles or their position. And if we have, we don't necessarily have share the same first language. We don't necessarily share the same first language. What we have then is to engage in in our physiology and our body language in the way that we communicate and our emotions transmit and receive and so there's that energetic exchange and so in order for you to make yourself understood and to create the results in your team you had to resort to those more i guess if you don't know the words primitive modes of communications that we used to rely on hundreds and hundreds of years ago that just became normal everyday life and in so doing you 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 got so many validating experiences about when when you engage with people as a vulnerable um authentic genuine human being that might be sat a zoom in your bermuda shorts or even your underwear or whatever it might be that you have a laugh about it and the you know the dog's coming in or the, the kids are running around behind you it's just part of the rich, rich tapestry of life, and you create a lot more empathy and engagement, don't you, through doing that? Oh yes, absolutely. And this, this is again, um, I think the, the empathy part of, of 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 leading, you know, is is so crucial uh, because you again you want to express your feelings. You are honestly, from deep of your heart, interested in the person. And when you give this very authentic and and very real feelings to your opposite, uh, this is received and felt the same way. And that's again back to the vibrations and energy. Dale Carnegie in his classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, says, you know, first be interested rather than interesting. And that's that being available, being being wanting to, to... deeply understand and, and and listen and pay attention. And yet so many old-fashioned views of leadership is is command and control. I, I'll instruct and you do as you're told. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's our mission to change that, you know. And it's it's really how you get there. It starts with the self-awareness. Yeah. You have to know yourself. Uh, linking back to emotional intelligence then, self-awareness of of how you're feeling, you're at your, how, how your emotions are impact and your communication is impacting others, and then how you then manage that. Yes. So you talked about feedback earlier on. So is that what you do to, you would uh, introduce within a team to help awareness, self-awareness of each team member to increase? Well, first of all, I always started uh, with the personal connection. Uh, I build up rapport, relationship with every team member and um, even during uh, you know the normal working hours you know you make jokes yeah you you invite them for a, a quick chat into into the office and by the way always keep the doors open unless there is some very important communication conversation or meeting yeah and that's uh, that's what I, what I always did so um, it's it's really about um, not only asking for how they're doing, you know, are they okay? I think that's a part. By the way, um, to your previous question in the Zoom calls, you know, with your with your teams, ask openly, are you okay? Yeah, to the person, and not how are you doing? You know, this has been uh, unfortunately um, 
just become a saying. Yeah. Hey, mate, how are you? Hey, John, how's it going? Yeah. But there is no deeper meaning to it because it not, it's not coming from a place of your heart. But, but when you ask, hey, tell me, are you okay? It's different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it when... feels different. And I just get goosebumps when I think of the person, you know. And, and, and so what happens to that working relationship when you put your whole attention and whole meaning behind that question? What changes in the relationship that you then have with the members of your team? Oh, they feel trusted. They, they feel empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the basis of building trust. You know, does engagement go up <laughs> exponentially? Exponentially. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are not interested in the person, uh, if you don't ask questions, as you mentioned before, you know, uh, then uh, they they just do their job, and sooner or later they are gone. And when we look at statistics nowadays, you know, I think it, just in the U.S. Every day, uh, hundred thousand people resign from their jobs. Okay, now the situation is might be a little bit different, but uh, before the the crisis started, yeah, it is a huge, huge topic. You know, retention, loyalty. Uh, obviously, that's a leadership problem we have in our society, not only in the corporate world but in general. Okay, this topic now could go. Far beyond, yeah, but, but I agree. I think we've got your teams. I said this before that you've got teams returning from furlough, um, and the understandable desire of the leadership and management of an organization would right, everybody needs to work flat out right now in order to be able to deliver the results that we need to make up for some lost ground. And everybody's had their own unique experience through lockdown, and some of it's been you know from the, from the great to the to, to the to the terrible. I think we need to be very mindful of, of connecting like you say, Pete, about how are you and you know what support do you need? Because we've got to look after the mental and physical health of our, of our team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This is a conversation that we could go on for a long time about, you know, we're, we're, we're riffing off areas that we're both passionate around yeah. getting the best out of people, engagement, um, leadership and teams. Um, this is obviously something that is, is a real mission for you and to bring that sort of human factor, that sense of uh, real relationship back into and uh, relating back into the world of work. If if you've piqued anybody's interest, listen to this, who wants to talk to you more and engage with you as to how you could help them re-engage their teams where, that are working virtually or 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 or, or, or together, um, how can people get hold of you, Pete? Well, I have not set up a web page. I learned from coaches and consultants. It's not necessary to have a web page. <laughs> so you find me on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm very active. You will uh, find a different Pete. Yeah, because um, as I mentioned, I, I have one mission in life and that's helping people. And I, as a life strategist, I'm not only concerned of the business side, but also of the health side. Yeah, so, so on LinkedIn, how do I, how do people find you on LinkedIn? Uh, under my name, Pete Chaup. Pete Chaup. So yeah, let's spell mm. your surname: S C H A U B. H A U B. Yes. Great. And then yeah. on Facebook, it's um, also by by my name, Pete Chaup. Pete yeah. Chaup. Pete, thank you so much. Uh, all because you 
reached out, commented with authenticity and passion and emotion. We struck up a conversation and uh, one of the most beautiful things I'm enjoying about this podcast journey is to get the privilege and the opportunity to speak to really, really special people like yourself. So Pete, thank you so much for joining me on the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Going. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.